0: hit them all. And blah blah blah. What?
1: What? What? Yeah. Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. cool <Two> boys.
0: <laughs> oh, what's up?
2: Look, and that's that's how you know everybody from Georgia. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Think I'm to some dirty
1: flea on running, Trying to find my way, 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 way.
3: Welcome to the first episode of Unapologetically HBCU. For our first episode, we are having a roundtable discussion to get to know the host. I am Wanika. I will be the moderator for this episode because I'm the only one who did not attend an HBCU.
2: Hi, right, my name is Jamal Harvey. I'm the ground State. Uh, university graduate of 2007 with an electrical engineering
0: technology degree. I am Adelia Wilder, doctor. I'm Spelman College, class of 2011, and I have a degree in history with a concentration in U.S. study.
2: What's good, family? I'm Jordan Harvey. I attended Grambling State University, class of 2014, and studied for a bachelor's in computer information systems with a minor in business management.
1: Hello, hello. My name is Char Swin. I graduated from Spelman College in 2016 with a BA in economics.
2: Socket it to me. Hey. Numbers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, love.
3: okay, so to give you guys a little context, um, they're all family members, so therefore there might be some overlap in their stories and they all did attend the same high school. So some questions will have a little overlap, but that's just a little context on the host. How did all of you end up at a HBCU?
2: All right, this is Jordan. Uh, I ended up at HBCU just based on a, an experience I had when I was five years old. Uh, I attended the Super Bowl of the South, uh, the Bayou Classic, the uh, annual rival game between Southern University located in Baton Rouge, Sorry. Louisiana, and Grambling State University located in Grambling, Louisiana. Uh, attended that. When I was young, just, you know, a credit to to my stepfather. And that was just kinda all she wrote. I knew from that from that, from then on and all of the other HBCU experiences I had, Honda Battle of the Bands, uh, The Atlantic Classic, Tennessee and Fam Youth, that I was just gonna attend an at HBCU. Yeah,
0: I'll this is Adelia. Yeah. I'll follow Jordan, um, especially since he mentioned the Honda Battle of the Bands, So I actually did not start at an HBCU. I started at a private, predominantly white um, college in Macon, Georgia. And I sort of knew before that, that I wanted to go to an HBCU, but I wasn't really sure. Um, And so actually a few of my friends from high school and I, um, during our freshman year of college, we went to the Honda Battle of the Bands. And I just remember seeing like a group of Spelmanites there. With their little, you know, their t-shirts and their um, letterman jackets on. And they, you know, gave off a really cool vibe. Seemed like they were having a great time. I knew that I was missing something um, at my PWI. I wasn't quite satisfied. Um, and given, like, the background of HBCUs and my family, I was like, you know what? That might be where I need to be. And so looking more into Spelman, I, I applied and I transferred.
2: what's so- up. For me, um it was basically the same uh, situation as uh, Jordan. Um it was the Bayou Classic and I believe it was whew, this actually was, it was like nine six, bro. Nah, when we went to well, when I re- remember going to the classic was uh ninety-four. Uh, no, no, ninety five, The uh, classic ninety-five. Uh, cause uh Mark Jr. was in the in the band at the time. Um and that experience, it blew my mind that it was even, that was even a thing. Like, I didn't realize that, <clears throat> that bands could be um, that exciting. You know, you, you see them on TV on Saturdays for the big d schools. schools, But um, at that time, I, had, I just started playing saxophone. And I was like, that's the band I'm going to be in. And from so were they exciting? Or where they lit? Because the Grammar State University <laughs> I know is lit. I'm just putting that out there. Well, I'm thinking of the period of time where I was at and lit didn't exist then.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Was it crunk, Jamal?
3: Was that the word?
2: Man, it wasn't it's, even, it wasn't even well, not
1: cause, 95. Cause crunk. 95. Oh, that's right. The
2: 90s. <laughs> Oh, so it, it, it probably was Spoty, Odie dope a That's what else it was.
1: Okay, outcast come
2: through. You got a rep for the state, man. But uh, we yeah, man. That pretty much was it, man. I pretty much was locked in from that point, man. Like uh, I, most times I tell people, fifth grade was the year I knew. Uh, that that's where I I was headed to HBCU, more specifically Grammar.
1: Mine is a little bit different. I did not know that I was going until I got my blue envelope in the mail. And just for background, Adelia is my sister. So uh, when she was at Spelman, she did take me to the Miss Spelman pageant. And I will say that's when I fell in love with Spelman. I'm from Georgia and I knew I wanted to be, you know, stay in Georgia, stay close to home. So in Atlanta is, you know, like an hour from. Um, where I'm from so that's when I really knew that blue envelope was a special moment I did remember running up the hill tired um, (laughs) from picking up my blue envelope yeah if you don't get that blue
0: envelope in the mail you know God bless you but that's that's the one that is the one
1: (laughs) it's like the little golden ticket uh, on the chocolate factory it is
2: (sighs) yeah I golden tea, tea, tea. All right.
3: So did any of you have preconceived notions about HBCUs before you went?
2: I
0: did. I would say so for sure, because, I mean, you mentioned we all went to the same high school and so they could probably um, all vouch for this. But a lot of a lot of the, the schools that we were encouraged to go to or exposed to were mostly um, public and private predominantly white institutions in Georgia, so like Georgia State University, which I think is a lot more diverse now, um, University of Georgia, uh, Valdosta State, Georgia Southern, and then I would say like one of the local local private schools was kind of like the Harvard of our area, but I didn't hear a lot about HBCUs outside of like um, the experiences of my grandparents or the people who they came up with, and so my my preconceived notions of HBCUs was that like they were there, um, great people went to them, especially a lot of historical figures that we knew, but that they just weren't that, um, honestly, that they weren't a priority for those people who I went to school with. So I had to do a lot of unlearning um, when I started going through the process of, of applying to Spellman and, and I'm glad that I
2: did. Yeah, I think. This is Jordan. I think some of my preconceived notions really go back to uh, the experiences that I, I was fortunate enough to have growing up, but also just like the the media that, at that time. So, like Drumline and Stumpy Yard, like <laughs> those depictions of, of HBCUs, I was like, okay, it's lit. You know, like you got, your, you got your different organizations. You got the bands. You got the football games. You got homecomings. Like all of that was like that's what I'm looking forward to. HBC.
3: I like that you mentioned that only because like I think like you mentioned a lot of times those movies did gear towards basically what was never shown on most regular movies. Like it didn't give you the the white school that everybody wanted to go to. It gave you the alternative. Like this is what this is another culture, this is another world that can be explored. Yeah. So I like that you said it reminded me that in the nineties that was some of the depictions that we were shown, like about HBCUs. So it gave a little bit, but it didn't really, I feel like, because there's like major HBCUs that I know of, like, I guess, like the top ones that everybody's, and there's smaller ones that people still don't know about, but it gave a sprinkle of what HBCU life or the alternative could be like. Because yeah. it sounds like, as well as for you guys, they didn't really show, um, give any interest to smaller schools or HBCUs. It was basically the top schools of the state that most counselors or most people pushed and that you saw posters of, or that they came to visit your high school was like those top state schools. And really, if you wanted to go anywhere else or know about anything else, you had to do your own research.
2: Basically, sure. yeah. Like if, yeah, if, you, if you didn't have a direct link to those, then it was really no way for you to know about it. You know, it's just one of those things. Uh, but, uh, I think for, uh, for myself, uh, it was not realizing or more so, it was me thinking it was just going to be black people, and then you show up and it ain't that. It's mostly that, but it just ain't that. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, that was was an eye-opener, but it also kind of rubbed me in a way uh, that I was like, that's kind of cool because of all the schools that you can pick, they actually chose to be here because you know, like there are hundreds of universities you can go to, and for you to choose to go to a school that's uh, where you become the minority—that's a kind uh, of it's kind of big. This is a random
3: mm-hmm. question that I've just thought. How was moving day for you guys? Like, you know how like so?
2: <laughs> how? Was- why she do this? Ghetto <laughs> uh, you <know>, is here <laughs> No, I ain't gonna say ghetto. You know, like, uh, so. Me being in the band, we move in before anybody's really on campus, so it's it's you're moving in with your bandmates. Okay, you know what I'm saying like um, so it was it was interesting to say the least because one, uh, and I think this is pretty much the norm at all HBCUs. One, you move, and this is when I was there. You're moving into old ass dorm that uh, if you have any relatives that they went to that school, they probably we're in these dorms. It don't matter if they went to school ten years before you or thirty years before you, uh, and um, it's just interesting to to get acclimated and see. Oh, so this is where I'm living <laughs> for the next four years. You know, what I'm saying, or uh, however long you perceive yourself being there. Um, that was that was my experience. Like uh, it didn't it, it wasn't the term, but it definitely was an eye opener. Like oh, okay, so this ain't this ain't the house. <laughs> I don't got amenities like I'm at home. I
1: got to get used to it. definitely don't have amenities like you at home. And this is Charleston. So, a lot of the freshman dorms at Spelman, with the exception of one, they do not have any air. So this is August. I'm moving in and I had the nerve to get weave, and my leave out was looking real crazy. (laughs) And it was so hot. But thankfully, they had like a lot of Greek people. A lot of people from Morehouse was, you know, on campus and they were helping people move in. Luckily for me, I stayed in Manly Hall and I was on the second floor and my dorm was right off of the staircase and I was just so fortunate and I remember that night I slept on top of my bed because I'm like it's too hot I can't sleep in this <laughs> but I did and it was I, would, I still wouldn't trade it though because I met so many different people on moving day and it was you know seeing all these people from everywhere moving even though it was ridiculously hot but it was a and it was an experience I would say like, people did come out and help people move in. Yeah, and then they had, like, water set up, and then they had, like, little stations. Like, you go get a cupcake. I don't know why. You know, it's real hot out here. And you can go <laughs> get lemonade. Like, they had different stuff set up, so they didn't just throw you out to the wolves. So, it was, everyone was helpful in some sort of a way.
2: Yeah, and so, my experience was a little different from Jamal, even though we attended the same school. Uh, fortunately, HBCUs is really, in the, in the past decade, have entered the the next century and a lot of the accommodations are, they've been updated and upgraded. So it's not as bad as it may have been historically. Uh, but to I think Charleston's point, my, my regular move, my, my freshman move in was pretty seamless, honestly, you know, I, it wasn't too bad. Uh, but what I was able to see later on, just cause I got involved on campus was, I was those people that was helping, uh, you know, the, the freshmen and the sophomores move to the different dorms and whatnot. So it was really good to to see that side of it because it was a sense of community once you had been there a year. Because like your freshman, you're coming in, you don't really know what to expect. But like when you're upperclassman and you're in these, you know, student union board or whatever, and you're helping people move in. It really fosters a sense of community because you see people that were in your shoes just a year or two ago. Uh, just kind of coming in and you kind of mentor them up. So. It's a, there's a flip side. Yeah,
0: and I have to say so. I This is a deal. I did not live on campus at any point during my time at Spelman. I lived off campus um, because of like the logistics with being a transfer student. I will say, though, that I spent a lot of time in those dorms um, because my friends lived in them. And even though it was hot and those dorms were older, everybody where, you know, everybody wore that their dorm assignments as a badge of pride. Um, as Charlton could probably tell you, like there were stroll teams associated with the dorms and chants and things like that, um, that made everyone feel like um, a part of the history of that dorm. And so sometimes people will say, well, how could why would anyone want to move into a dorm that doesn't have air conditioning, you know, especially in the South? That's ridiculous.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: you will be surprised at how people are just really um Invested in wanting to be a part of that historical experience. You know, it's something beautiful. For sure.
3: That's what's up. So, then, okay. So, for moving day, what do you think was your favorite moment from your HBCU experience? Like, favorite moment if you had to tell me one?
2: From moving day onward?
3: Yeah, from your experience at HBCU.
2: Oh, Lord. Uh, my first homecoming. <laughs> uh, just being on the yard, like that first homecoming. It was a historical year for a number of like the Greeks. And disclaimer, I'm a member of Omega Star Fraternity, Incorporated, Root to the Blood. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it, was, it was just crazy. Just seeing a sea of successful black people just come together. It wasn't no drama, there wasn't no beef. It was a million grills, it was a million speakers. Every cookout song you can think of was being played. Uh, and it was just a whole bunch of love. And like, I think that was probably one of my favorite experiences uh, that I had just like right after moving in day was just homecoming uh, that October. It was just crazy.
1: Yeah. Homecoming on the HBCU campus always go crazy. It's really a huge family reunion. Uh, this is Charleston. I would have to say um, one of my favorite moments would be uh, the day that Barack Obama won his reelection. I think Spelman canceled classes that day. Uh, people were shuttling people to vote and we're like Spelman is in the heart of Atlanta, and during his re-election, like, the watch night, so many people came to campus. Like, they, like, everything in the calf was free. They were feeding us, you know, even if you didn't live on campus. So, so many people came. They had screens set up all throughout campus. And it was just so beautiful to watch, like, everyone really just come together, sit, and watch our fate be played out on CNN or whatever the news channel was. And, I, and it was, like, really beautiful. And the, I remember, like, all of the sounds that erupted when Barack Obama had um, beat Mitt Romney people were just chanting and you know we stayed around we were just feeling every inch of Spelman with so much joy and I I really felt like oh this is home this is my family
0: yeah I have to echo that first because and this is Adelia I was at Spelman the first time that Barack Obama was elected and the energy was just off the charts um all of the celebrities at the time who were working on barack obama's campaign especially a lot of the black celebrities they were on our campus on morehouse's campus on clark atlanta's campus um and it felt like we were literally at the center of the world um because spelman morehouse and clark atlanta affectionately known as the auc um we we were like i would say really integral in helping with Barack Obama's campaign, especially in the state of Georgia, really in surrounding states. Um, And so a lot of celebrities were there um, during that watch night. A lot of the the mainstream, large news organizations were there and they just wanted to know, like, how are y'all feeling? How are y'all doing? There were DJs. I mean, the energy was just off the chart. And when he actually won, I mean, indescribable. It's something I will never, ever, ever, ever forget. Um, and I don't think I would have been able to have that same experience anywhere else.
2: Um, it'd probably be my freshman year Bayou Classic. Uh, it just was, a a life-changing experience, um, uh, to, to be in the position of what was the catalyst for me to go to Gramlin. like, uh, to be on that side of it was just incredible, uh, for, for lack of, a. uh more proper phrase or, or word um just that energy that experience like I, i'll never forget that weekend like uh up for like 48 hours straight no sleep adrenaline was just pumping uh, like oh yes sir um the moment you get to the band room after thanksgiving dinner on thursday till you back on the bus sunday morning coming back uh uh, or going back to Gramlin, like it was, it was all the way wide the fuck open and hashtag. Oh. <laughs> I gotta cool.
0: go to one of these Bayou classics because I have never been. Um, and I feel like I'm yeah. missing out hearing
1: all of this. I, and, I used to always oh, yeah. go with
2: Jordan. Come on over, yeah, come on over to the Hood Super Bowl. Hey. We'll get and you right. right up. Like, um, typically. Like when it's in the superdome, it's like sixty thousand uh folks, give or take, and so just think you know you got a uh typically uh soulful city, and you got thirty forty thousand black professionals coming to enjoy themselves for a fun gonna eat good, gonna drink good weekend.
0: Wow, what a time what a
1: time.
2: For Come show. on, Drake. Yeah. And, and, okay, and, so. they were all right. Like, we never really, like, our, for Gremlin, at least when I was there, our girls' team was the one to watch. Okay. The boys' team was never, it was never really like that until my, I think that was my junior year. Yeah, my junior year. Um, it's Cat Breon Rush. Um, he was shooting the lights out, and he was going back and forth for number one uh, most points for the season mm-hmm. with this cat from Duke. They were going, okay. they were going back and forth. Uh, I think it was JJ Reddick, JJ Reddick. like they were tit for tat for the longest, and it was crazy because Grambling. You know, normally we don't get brought up in a conversation about basketball if it's not football or band. It's that's that's pretty much it. But yeah, man, the girls—the girls' team was the one to watch. Uh, I can only uh, honestly say I think I've only been—I only went to maybe two or three basketball games. One it was cold as hell. Two, uh, you know, I had uh, other things to do. But yeah, yeah, and I, I guess from the from the grammar perspective, it was a little different for me because we had a new assembly center, so a brand new stadium for like a uh, basketball team, and the band would go. It wouldn't be the whole entire band because the band is usually north of 100 sometimes 200 members but uh you have like the drum line and maybe a couple horns and like they come in and, and they play so the basketball games depending upon who we played right like if we were going up against a baylor we wouldn't have a lot of people there because we knew they were probably going to beat the brakes off of us but if we were playing another hbcu like a jackson state out of mississippi or a uh, prairie view out of Prairie View, Texas. Oh, it might be. It, it really might go up because, again, like the Greeks are going to stroll like, along the sidelines like you had your, your your dancers or like different dance teams do that. So basketball games will be pretty fun. Again, they weren't as big as football games, but they were still a good time.
3: Okay. Why do you think it's important for HBCUs to stay around?
1: What a question. What a question.
0: OK, so. This is Adelia. I'll answer it. I keep thinking about... um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce this 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 group's name because that second part of the name is going to catch me. But Black Beatles, y'all know who I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There you that
1: go. This is a real crowd, please. Uh,
0: so, oh,
2: oh.
1: <laughs> so
0: in the song, they say get you somebody who can do both or something like that. I think that That, to me, kind of sums up, it has nothing to do with HBCUs, obviously, but it kind of sums up why I think HBCUs are so important and why they need to stay around. Um, HBCUs allow me, I'll speak for myself as a Black person, as a Black woman, to to do both. I can be, like, somebody who is, um, you know, on top of my game professionally, in my field, um, and I can also go to the homecoming and turn up and not get any side eyes while I'm swag surfing, you know, on Westview or, uh, you know, with, with my friends and not have to, like, think twice about what it is that I'm doing, why I'm doing what I'm doing, why my hair is like that, why I'm wearing these clothes, why I'm speaking this way. Um, I think that that is so important. Um, especially thinking about our political climate right now um, thinking about the, the direction that our country that the world is moving in we need that space to be able to just be outside of you know what what other people think about us or how they think we should conduct ourselves so if nothing else And we know that the academics at HBCUs are top-notch. We know that all of those other things are great and amazing, but if nothing else, we need that space um, to just be.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I would echo that uh, entirely, uh, especially because in in my experience and in the experience of of some of my friends and just the people I was able to meet, uh, it really exposed me to just different types of Black people, right? It wasn't just the people I knew from Georgia. It wasn't just the people I knew from, you know, Louisiana, it was also, you know, people from like St. Lucia, people from Ghana, people from Kenya, people from Alaska, you know, all in one place, all unapologetically black, like coming together, learning about ourselves, learning our history, you know, not being told, you know, some of those alternative facts that have been in the, the, the the media and, you know, in the past, just really just in history, uh, really just learning about ourselves, being comfortable with who you are, learning why, uh, you know, this person is important, why these buildings are named after these people, how we got Black History Month, all of the creations of just Black entrepreneurs, Black professionals. I don't think you can get that experience at some of the other PWIs out there. So really just getting in tune with your history and who you are as a person and just getting to know yourself amongst your peers that are, you know, all all across the world.
1: I agree with that. I think that... HBCUs are really a safe haven for Black people. And um, and I really feel like, like you said earlier, and especially in this political climate, it's important for Black people right now to feel loved, to feel seen, and to really just feel cared for. And I do think that once you go to these HBCUs, whether you're going back for homecoming or or whether you see somebody randomly at the airport or whatever, I think that it's important to know that you know, all these people, they got you. And we Mm -hmm. have all of our lives to be the minority. Like, I worked in corporate America, and you know, I've been the only black girl in the room or whatever the case may be and it's good to come back to be next to many black girls that look like me and many black men who uh look like me and who are really striving for the same things that we are striving for and then i also think it's important to remember why we have hbcus in the first place uh My grandfather, he Mm -hmm. could not go to the University of Georgia's and you know, a lot of the PWIs he went to Fort Valley and Tuskegee to get his education. So, at a point in time, black people couldn't go to these PWIs. So, I think that's another reason why HBCUs are important because it really did provide safe haven and education for black people.
2: Amen. Uh, Retweet, retweet. Um, y'all have hit it on the head. Um, the I. If I had the box arted it up, I'd just say HBCU is our place for us to just be. Uh, and you can fill in the blank for whatever that is. You be great, be black, be outgoing, be uh, outspoken, be. Uh, because that's, that's, um, that's one of the building blocks for you to, to hone your best self is to figure out what it is that you are. And sometimes you need a space where you aren't judged on the micro level in order for you to find that. And can I yeah. say
0: that um, especially as someone who went to a PWI, you know, for my freshman year and also for graduate school, that there might be some people who will say, Well, you know, you could have that similar experience at a PWI, you know, by joining a fraternity or a sorority or joining um the black student union. Um and and they might that might be their experience and I'm not going to knock that because I definitely engaged in those spaces when I was at the PWIs. But I just have to say that there's just something about being at a school that was designed with you in mind um that is like nothing else. It's absolutely powerful.
2: Yeah, and I just I just want to echo something that Charleston said. Uh, you can go to a single HBCU, but you still join the fraternity of all HBCUs. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I run into people at the airport and they have a you know a Hampton lanyard, you know Hampton I, I located in Hampton, Virginia. I can just go up and talk to that person, or like we can make eye contact if I have on my Grambling State University hoodie. It's just like it's just once you go to one, it, it's it's a family and it's a community that you enter in. And it's just there's nothing like that. Like you can go to the University of Georgia, you may have friends at University of Alabama, but it's not the same as having that 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 close knit relation that we do Mm -hmm. as being HBCU graduates.
3: And I think that's what I was basically gonna say. It seems like like I've experienced some of the same things with my husband, like he'll be wearing something and that just starts a conversation. And next thing you know, you're you know they third cousin (laughs) or Went to school with their grandchild and then it's a whole long conversation and even get jobs or whatever and networking out of it whatever the situation may be I've experienced that so what I and me going to a PWI what I get from this is basically you could get an education anywhere but you can't get the memories you can't get the community you can't get the village basically that you would get at an HBCU anywhere else like that's what you're really going to get when you go to an HBC. not only are you going to get that education because again you're going to get that but on top of that and the best part from what I'm hearing of all these stories is basically the community everything was basically centered around mm-hmm. the community like it, at the basics of it all it sounds like that was this part that everyone had in common and that was what made your experience
2: absolutely
3: all I got to say is I feel like I missed out but I'm not doing <laughs> school again so we just have to live through y'all
2: on that one. Well, we got graduate programs. Just let Absolutely. us know. We can we can find you a school. Then, <laughs> I'm
3: not doing that. The only thing I could do is a doctorate from here on out. And I'm not paying for it. You guys want to, like, volunteer or donate? I'm down for the cause. Yeah, we can
0: still fellowship at Howard.
3: <laughs> right. It. I'm down. Uh, but can we do that remote? Yeah.
1: No, Miss
3: mm-hmm. is wild. <laughs> Alright, well that was the first episode of Unapologetically HBCU. Uh we want to end the conversation with um rapid fire. I'm gonna say a word and you guys tell me the first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> Soundtrack.
2: Mm, swag Surf. Wipe me down.
3: Uh, I'll go every talking out the
2: side of your
1: neck. TV show.
2: A different world. College Hill. Scandal. You know what? <laughs> 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 hey. That's <I> mean, the- <laughs> historical ooh. first black quarterback to win Super Bowl the entire That's civil rights hope.
0: movement
1: hmm. sister
3: sister
2: <laughs> hello all
3: right and most used phrase
2: ooh, uh, ooh. Jiggle later,
3: jiggle later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you got to go to louisiana to know wait, it wait, if you, knows, know, you, you know, know um right right i don't oh, know so hmm.
1: it would be period poo for me right now but i'm trying to think of something <laughs> back when i was in school <laughs> and
0: on that
3: note uh, thanks for listening and tune in next time for another episode with unapologetically hbc bye bye
2: later, later. stay safe